Welcome to The Crunch with Crib Creative. I'm Jess, and each week we're going to be diving into the stories of some of Perth's best agents and business people, how they got where they are, and what they learned along the way. Nat Hoy is one of the top selling agents in Inglewood and sets herself apart by being an active member of the local community. Blogging and managing her lifestyle website and social media channels, Beaufort and Beyond, Nat is the embodiment of a local agent who has embraced digital media. I wanted to chat to her about her online presence and how social media has changed her sales strategy. Welcome, Nat. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. So to kick things off, um, I guess I wanted to talk to you about your social media presence because you have recently made some pretty large changes to it. Um, So how would you define your brand? Um, Yeah, it's it's a really good question, um, Jess, and as as I guess part of changing our social media presence, we had to have um, a really good long hard think about, you know, who we were and how we wanted to appear online, but we wanted that um, online appearance to be really authentic, obviously, Mm -hmm. that's really important, but also to be clear about who we were speaking to. Um, so I guess first and foremost, we're local. You know, I'm a, a local agent. I live in Inglewood. I, you know, renovated and owned houses all throughout the, the local area, Inglewood, Dianella, Mount Lawley um, and beyond. Um, <laughs> and and so um, very much first and foremost local. You know, I live local. Kids go to school locally. We very much try and support local businesses and live a local lifestyle. So it was very much about that. Mm-hmm. Um, second was that, you know, really needed to be authentic. And, you know, people always talk, and it's a it's a funny word, but people always talk about, you know, that, that I'm nice. Oh, I saw your, you know, your photo on the sign and you look really nice. <laughs> um, and I do think one of our, the things that come out is that we are very approachable and very friendly. So mm-hmm. we wanted, you know, that to come across. Um, the third is, I guess, classic, with, but with a quirky twist. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of how I like to dress. It's kind of how I like to be. Um, you know, my house is probably that just by virtue of the fact I can't spend more time on it, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's a little bit of eccentricity and quirkiness kind of there. Um, and I guess I've always been slightly maverick um, and not a one sort of size fits all. So, you know, that, that comes out. Um, fourth is, I guess, we really pride ourselves on, I think, being intelligent and savvy mm-hmm. um, in terms of what we do, being... Um, smart about the market, smart about the direction the market's heading in, understanding what buyers are looking for and ensuring that the strategies that we're putting together for selling properties um, are smart and they're going to get the results. So savvy, I think, is really important. Mm-hmm. And the, the last one is very much around, um, I guess, mm-hmm. generosity. Um, you know, I've been blessed um, to, you know, have wonderful people in my life as mentors and coaches and providing me with a lot of support. Um throughout my career and we try very hard to be that with our clients as well you know like if people are not selling but they're just looking for great advice and help in terms of making a decision Mm -hmm. we're so happy to do that so you know it's it's a lot about giving back too Yeah. yeah yeah And so when you were um, putting your together your social media strategy, what were the most important things for you to, to get across? Yeah, um, well, obviously the values were important mm-hmm. and also ensuring that, you know, what we're doing is actually of interest, you know, yeah. that, that, that people are engaging with it. Um, but the other thing was we really didn't want a cookie cutter approach. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure that, 
that it looked like us and yeah. that people connected with us and that it felt like us and it was authentic and it was our voice. Yeah. 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 That's so important with social media that people don't think they're just talking to yeah. some someone who's managing your page That's or you right. know that it is coming from you. Yeah. So. And, 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 you know, we had seen what we thought was a bit of that and yeah. that was really what we didn't want. I mean, I think it takes a little bit more effort, Yeah. Um, but the rewards are there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, how has your obviously the market has been pretty challenging yeah. in the last couple of years how have you changed your strategy to succeed in, in this kind of market yeah i was kind of reflecting on that um a lot of it just comes down to working harder <laughs> honestly yeah, yeah. I, I, we i think and this is a conversation we have in the office a lot in that we have to work very very hard to get the same results that mm-hmm. we were getting um a few years ago um, you know, we've always prided ourselves on our ability to put a deal together um, and, and to work with buyers and sellers um, to, to facilitate an outcome, but you've got to work even harder at that now. Mm-hmm. You, you really need to do houses absolutely do not sell themselves yeah. um, in this market, and that's just what it is. Um, and it's not so much a, a change of strategy, but I think the work that we do with sellers in helping them get their property ready for sale is particularly important. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of market where buyers have been rewarded for waiting and not making buying decisions, and they're able to cherry pick from the best of what's available. Um, in some areas that we sell in, there can be you know, a lot of oversupply of particular kinds of product. So how a property presents is really important. And, and obviously the pricing strategy and all of that is too. Mm-hmm. So you've just got to be... You've just got to be really on the ball with all of that, you know, in, in terms of helping, you know, people to, to go to market and to sell well. Um, and we've embraced a lot more no price marketing in order to try and widen buyer pools. Mm-hmm. We certainly not the approach that we use for everything, um, but we have found that that has worked particularly well because we know with property that. Um, you know, different buyers can look at the same property and have a different opinion on price. Mm-hmm. And we're always geared towards, you know, how do we find the best buyer that's prepared to pay the most amount of money in the current market conditions? Um, and so for some property, a no price marketing strategy has been very much the, the way for us to go to achieve that outcome. Yeah. But basically, you just have to work hard. <laughs> very hard. We've been saying that a lot lately. Yeah. It's just, you know, there's there's no... Um, replacement for hard work for a no, real estate agent. not at all. No. What do you think you do differently to other agents? Yeah, again, a really good question, and I, and something that I've thought a lot about. Um, and I've I've kind of come to the conclusion that it's not one thing; it's um, a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So, and and it's that kind of combination of of those lots of different things. Um, and I think it's lots of kind of one and ten percenters. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly looking at what can we do better or differently to, to other agents. Um, we don't manage a massive portfolio of listings. And I've taken a very deliberate approach not to do that so that we can be very hands-on and proactive in the way that we sell. Mm. My days on market are particularly low compared to competition in the Perth average. So in the la- over the last, you know, sort of seven years, they've been between 
between sort of 27 and 31. They kind of hover around that sort of 30 mark, give or take, um, whereas the current Perth average is 70, and mine has pretty much remained unchanged. Mm-hmm. Because I think we're, we're just very focused on trying to do what we do particularly well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're always looking at how we can do better on presentation. That's been really important. How we can do better on pricing strategy, how we can better promote property, you know, how do we be better and sharper on our selling process? And, you know, even if that just means we're working 10% or more, probably, harder <laughs> than, than other agents in terms of, you know, you know, nurturing the buyers, you know, doing the work with the buyers, trying to bring them, you know, trying to bring them to the table, you know, how we negotiate, how we work with sellers. It's kind of all of those things, Jess, I think. Yeah. 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 Do you prefer to list or to sell? I like both. Um, I like both. Um, there is nothing like the buzz of winning a really fabulous listing that you've gone into that property and you think, oh, my God, I love this. Yeah. Um, and going through that process and being able to represent that client and knowing that you've got that listing, you know, for me, that's that's a, that's still a huge buzz. Um, that said, I'm not fond of the beauty, what I call the beauty pageant aspect of listing mm-hmm. when they're calling in, you know, three or five um, agents to, to, to come and do a pitch for a property. Um, because I'm typical, I won't be the cheapest and I won't be the highest price. And it really, um, it really breaks my heart when I see sellers go with agents that have promised them a price that's not in line with where you know the, the market is going to reasonably see value. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, we're always trying to get the highest price that we can. But it just breaks my heart when I see people go to market and then sitting there for months and not getting the result and knowing that they're going to end up with a worse outcome. But, you know, that's, that's what it is. And that aspect of our business will never go away. Um, and when it comes to selling, I don't think you can ever get tired from the satisfaction of really putting a deal together. Yeah. Um, and if you do, you're in the wrong business because yeah. you, you, really, <laughs> you really need to, to, to love that. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. the payoff. And that's the, the payoff, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for, for for us as agents, but also for the seller, yeah, you know, particularly if you can really surprise and delight them with the result that you bring, you know, yeah. that's um, and you know then that that seller's getting to move on with their life, and that's um, that's fabulous, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the things I've been asking all of all of the guests who come on this podcast is is how they got to where they are, yeah, um, and I know that you are someone like a lot of agents who's come from a different industry, yeah, can you give just a, a bit of a background on, on where you've come from? Yeah, sure, um, look, I kind of, um, I did particularly well at school, but then I was a bit of a girly swap, but left, <laughs> left much to the horror and disgust of school and my family, left when I was about 15, because I really wasn't clear about what I wanted to do with my life, went mm-hmm. and worked in a bank, big mistake. Um, but anyway, it was a really good, it was a really good grounding in customer service and, you know, all of, all of that kind of stuff. Um, when I um, was in my mid twenties, I was fortunate enough to get a position at Curtin Uni. I was working in training and development for a financial services organisation um, and was able to secure a spot at Curtin Uni in a, in a post-grad training and development course. And that went particularly well. So I went on and did my master's in, in commerce in HR. And as soon as we finished that, um, it had always been my ambition to travel. So, you know, by that stage, David had been on the scene for a while. He just got dragged along. He had the <laughs> British passport. So we spent four years living and working in London and I um, I got a, I guess, uh, for want of a better word, internal consulting job for SAP, which was a global IT company. 
Um, so I travelled a lot to Germany and, you know, chatted to people all over the world and did a lot of troubleshooting and worked on lots of projects and, you know, kind of um, a lot of negotiation and facilitation and, you know, that kind of stuff in order to, to sort things out and, you know, get better outcomes for the business. Um, I had my first son, Daniel, who's now 15, over there in London and we headed back to Perth. Um, and then when he was about uh, sort of seven months old, you know, went back, set up my own consultancy and went back and did a variety of things part time. So I was um, doing some postgrad lecturing at Curtin. I was doing some training. I was doing some consulting, um, business coaching, you know, mm-hmm. management coaching, kind of a whole range of things. Um, and then when we were selling for the upteenth time and I guess property and real estate have always been my passion and my hobby um since I was a little girl um I used to love going to display homes you know I would always pop into home opens I was the go-to girl you know when property used to be advertised in the paper I knew everything that was on the market pretty much what you know what everything was selling for and when we were selling for the upteenth time and my very bad joke is better houses than husbands um <laughs> probably true yeah it's probably true I just they probably cost as much but anyway I've given the government a lot of money in stamp duty but when we were selling for the upteenth time it, it um we downsized our mortgage a little bit and it gave me the opportunity to um I think you know think about you know, making a career change. And and the agents that were selling our home said, oh, for God's sake, Nat, you should just come and work with us. Um, and that's what I did and, and I haven't looked back. Wow. I mean, the irony is I work more hours now than I've ever worked in my life, um, but I love it. And I find it incredibly more rewarding yeah. than anything else I've ever done. It's a real privilege to walk with people um, through the process of a, of a sale. It, it really is because yeah. it can be a very emotional time for people. There can be some really tricky circumstances. Um, and even if they're moving to, you know, to move towards something exciting, they're giving up something that they know to go to something that they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I, I love it. Wow. Yeah, absolutely love it. What were what do you think was some of the main things that you brought from your previous roles in, into real estate? Yeah, um, look, I think consulting and and in terms of what I did before, it's a lot about um, it's a lot about diagnosis. It's a lot about asking questions. It's a lot about understanding what what the issues and concerns are for people and what they're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. and then it's about being able to put forward solutions to do that Mm -hmm. um and if you don't if you don't diagnose and understand the need and the problem you're not going to be putting forward the right solution so i do believe very much in that kind of question-based approach to an appraisal so Mm -hmm. that's sort of asking versus telling Um, And similarly in consulting, I think you really learn to evaluate and constantly evaluate what you're doing. So you you think very strategically about what you think is going to deliver the best solution to the problem and get the result that's needed. Mm -hmm. So I think you're very good at understanding, you know, what's going on in the market and who your competition is and, you know, where you need to be positioned to get the result. Um, But I think you're very good... at also evaluating the results so that you're thinking about you know how's the campaign performing are we attracting the right buyers you know are we are we you know sort of targeting the right audience what needs to change in order for the result to change mm-hmm. um, so you're constantly evaluating that and also you've already automatically kind of you're used to having feedback loops you know with your client as well to mm-hmm. talk about what's going on and to give them 
good information so that they can make good decisions you know so yeah it's and and under and but realizing you know in consulting you realize that it's the you know it's it's not your business and it's the same thing it's not my house so I'm just there trying to give the client the right information to help them make the best decision to get the outcome that it is that they're looking for yeah and what about since since you've started real estate, what do you think, um, what's the biggest thing you've learned since starting real oh, estate? You know, when I, I looked at that question, I think I wrote down 20 things and I thought, no, Jess just wants one. Um, Jess just wants one goal. What's the one? Um, I, I think, and, and I would say this is not just real estate, this is life. Um, I very much learned to trust in the process yeah. that if you do the work, the results will come. If you come from the right space and the right heart and the right intent and you just do the work, mm-hmm. um, focus on the process and trust the process and the outcome will happen. Yeah, that's yeah. such a good um, lesson for any industry, anyone in any role, mm. kind of sales role, I guess, or any you know anything like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, now, we recently had you at Ari Bar Camp. Yes. And your topic was Sell Like a Girl. Yes. <laughs> um, and I asked this to, to Carmel Gardner from Abel McGrath last week and, yeah. and she didn't agree with me, but I tend to think that real estate is probably an industry that's still fairly male dominant. Um, so I wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, if, you know, it was interesting. I went to, um, I went to Eric a couple of weeks ago and, and, you know, my initial, the initial way I wanted to respond to this question was to say, yeah, it, it still is. And there are some aspects that are, and I'll kind of touch on some of that. But what I loved about ARIC this year was the, was the number of female speakers that were there. Mm-hmm. And I think as an industry, we really need to, to continue to foster and encourage women's voices because there are women that do absolutely fabulous work you know we've got a long track record in this industry of women who've been real trailblazers but Mm -hmm. we haven't necessarily given them the 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 voice um and six years ago when i went to my first ARIC, i don't think there was one single female speaker so to go from that to the most recent one where there was a lot of women on the bill i really thought was fabulous and i don't need to um, you know, I don't need to listen to the polished male, you know, guy presenter that's coming up that's very slick. I, I like vo- voices that are authentic. Mm-hmm. So it was great to have those, you know, some of those women on stage and to hear about their personal journeys and stories and, and what works for them. And those those stories felt very real to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. I found that really encouraging. Um but I do find, you know, look, I do find there's a level of um, chauvinism. And I don't just think it's an industry thing. Um, I actually think it's a societal thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the abuse that Lucy Zelich just copped recently for her World Cup co- coverage mm-hmm. because she's trying to pronounce, you know, be respectful and pronounce players' names correctly. Yeah. I mean, Les Murray did that for years and no one ever copped any criticism. So I do think there's this... You know, I do think there's still a level of chauvinism that exists in our society about women and women doing well and trying to do well. Um, and I think, you know, women do try on the whole to do exceptionally well. We're girly swats and sometimes that holds us back because we don't have the level of confidence, you know. we've And there's a lot of really good evidence um, certainly that sits in the HR space about interviewing and, and you know, people putting themselves forward for jobs in that, uh, it's a generalisation, but as a whole, you know, women won't put themselves forward for a position unless they think they can pretty much 100% do it. Yeah. 
But that's not the same for men. You know, they'll look at it and if they meet 70% of the criteria, they'll think they'll have a go. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that kind of thing. So there is that real need for women, I think, to, you know, kind of lean in a bit more and, and have the confidence. Um, but I do think there is that um, there is that sometimes kind of chauvinistic view that um, women aren't hard enough and mm-hmm. that um, to negotiate successfully you have to be aggressive. And... You know, I built a very successful consulting career and, you know, doing a lot of work when I worked overseas, you know, having to work with lots of different countries and different nationalities to negotiate and facilitate outcomes. There's a lot of different ways to get very successful outcomes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those kind of overly, you know, more overly aggressive um, and, and, you know, sort of bullying approaches. And I'm not saying, please, I don't get me wrong, I'm not saying men bully, but I'm just saying that there is... There, there is a lot of different ways to negotiate and get outcomes and mm-hmm. that sometimes those more facilitative and approaches aren't valued to the extent that they should be. You know, yeah. I think we get fabulous results because buyers are not feeling like, you know, sellers aren't feel bullied into selling or pushed mm-hmm. into selling and buyers, the same thing, you know, we're, we're not we're not scaring them off we're trying to work with them and and i think sometimes we can actually get a bit more money by taking a different approach Mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's a great way to look at things and think something people should take you know women should take more i guess pride in in being a little bit more consultative and and you know a little bit softer in their approach and yeah and and it's not to say all women are like that no no, there's some there's some amazing we've there's some amazing female you know reps in yeah in 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 wa that i know of it's it's and certainly the other way around with men as well absolutely yeah yeah yeah, completely completely agree yeah um but you know we are in in the majority of cases selling to women you know the 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 decision makers often with um with purchasing a home is is with women and and sometimes I think that the mistake is made of selling towards the men because they might be a little bit more vocal mm-hmm. and um, but it's often the women the woman that's making yes. the decision and we need to you know kind of think about that and consider that yeah yeah um, what's been your toughest time in real estate um, oh, look I still have tough times <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's 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 a tough market, and you yeah. work really hard, and you know you've you've you know yeah. So I still have tough times, um, and I'm I'm probably my own worst enemy. You know, I'm very hard on myself, particularly if I you know lose a listing that I you know that that I um, that I really wanted. Um, I'm I'm getting much better at accepting that um, I can't control what other people do though, just myself, mm-hmm. and I try and you know and and I'm. But it's a continual effort to kind of go, well, next. You know, what can I learn from that? What can I do differently next time? I always ask for feedback mm-hmm. um, um, and, um, yeah, and, and think about what I can do differently next time mm-hmm. um, so that I don't so don't do that. Um, but, look, I started in 2011, which was a declining market. It was yeah. a really crappy market. Um, so I learned very quickly too that you can't control the market. The market is what it is. Mm. Um, people will still need help selling, and people will still need help buying. Um, and circumstances are still going to necessitate the, the sale and purchase of property, irrespective mm. of market conditions. So you need to get over that um, and just work and just you know focus on getting the outcome. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is another question that I've that I've asked a lot of our guests who have come yeah. in. But what's something that you come up against all the time? Something that you believe that either your you know clients or colleagues don't 
Yeah. Um, overpricing. Overpricing. Oh, jeez, I hate (laughs) overpricing. Um, Look, I used to, you know, one of the offices I worked in um, years ago, um, they used to say to me, Natalie, you sell property too quickly. You need more overpriced listings. You know, you can't change the price on someone else's listing. Um, And that was, and I did, you know, and I still do. I still sell a lot of property. (laughs) really quickly um, it was easier to do back then I think my average you know so, you know yeah it was it was really low um but I won't do it I can't do it and it might be um from a, a business perspective it might be naive of me and I've seen you know competitors and 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 other people in the industry um build a market presence by um taking on everything and consistently overpricing property and telling people what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear um but for me that's kind of like well no wonder people don't trust us Mm. and you know i provide i really look i don't you know obviously i don't get it right 100 percent of the time but i really try to not get it wrong and i guess the conversation i want to have with people is look i don't know what your property is going to sell for I've got no idea. People can pay, people even in this market can still pay fantastic properties for prices if we, mm. you know, we get the process right and we get everything lined up and the ducks in the row. But to me, that deliberate overpricing um, really smacks off putting your own needs and ego first mm-hmm. and not the clients. Mm. And I cannot bring myself to, to, um, to, 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 to lie. Um, and, and that's probably not the right word, but I, I just can't bring myself to do that. You mm-hmm. know, if, if I, you know, I will talk about where the rational sales price is and the difference between that and the emotional and the premium price. And we're always going for that emotional and the premium price. But I do think, you know, you have to have the right conversation about where the actual comparable sales have been mm-hmm. um, with, a, with a property. Um, you know, if I've got a seller who you know, wants to test the market at a particular price, but we've got agreement about where what we're gonna do if, if it's if the feedback's not there, then that's a different story. Yeah. But to deliberately set out to um, miscommunicate where the market is likely to see value, you know, on, on a property when the sales evidence very strongly says otherwise, yeah, I don't I don't I don't get that. Yeah. Um, and well, I can't I can't do it. Would you see much of your stock coming from kind of star listings that have been sitting there at a really high no we don't and and you know and one of the things we probably should do is chase down a lot more of you know that stock that's been sitting on the market for a while it's one of the things I talk about in terms of the sort of the follow-up from our systems and processes but no not really um Mm -hmm. yeah I've, I've picked one up recently but we don't deliberately go out to to target that stock I think I get I I do People understand that I get results, and and so what? Sometimes I think, you know, you go, oh God, you know, like they've got another listing, have they done that? You know, everything's so overpriced. Can people not see it? But people do, yeah. Because you'll go to a listing appointment, and people will say, you know, Natalie, we saw the result that you got on, you know, X, and like we thought that was amazing, or you know, we heard that you got ninety five groups of buyers and five offers, you know, for, for for that property, and we couldn't believe the price. And that's you know, in current market conditions and you know we want the same and mm-hmm. you think okay so so people it might be more subtle and they and they and they do see it but you know sometimes you think yeah what really <laughs> yeah <laughs> how the hell and then you think okay that's all right that'll just make x easier to sell you know 
because <laughs> I'll get all the buys, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the how the industry is changing because obviously, you know, with the um the increase in the way agents are embracing social media is something yeah. that's been huge in the last couple of years. Um, industry wide changes such as the award that's just come in, you know, yeah. there's been a lot of sweeping changes. Yeah. Purple bricks isn't, you know, something else that's been a bit disruptive. Yeah. Um, I guess I wanted to get your opinion on how you see the industry changing in the next few years. Yeah. Look, you know, I think, you know, I guess for, you know, I've, I've, I've worked since I was 15. I'm now <gasps> 48. Um, you know, I've seen, you know, when I first started working, we had microfish. Um, you know, <laughs> the, the world's changed, you know, the working world has changed extraordinarily since, you know, kind of, you know, I, I, I first joined it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just a given. I think that's just a given. And, you know, I've, you know, I've studied lots of organisations that no longer exist, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they make fabulous, you know, organisational development and change management sort of case studies. Um, you know, so I just think change is a given and mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're, we're always going to have those disruptions and we need to think of, as an industry about how we're going to step up to them. Um, look, I think the award changes is definitely going to see a rationalisation of the number of agents in the industry. I think that that's a given. And I think there'll be a move towards people working more part of a selling team um, rather than, you know, trying to, to go out on their own. I just don't think... You know, margins in... I don't think people understand how skinny margins in agencies are. Yeah. Um, and that agencies just can't afford to take people on straight into to sales roles and pay those salaries. So I think it will move towards people kind of doing, you know, kind of cadetships and coming up through teams or having to start in admin roles and, and working their way through. Um, I think... Yeah, I just think that's going to be um, how it how it happens. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the industry move down that path of being a profession, mm-hmm. um, having come from um, a professional background, you know, with, with you know, in, in roles where there are industry professions. I mean, you know, people don't go, who's the cheapest dentist? And they don't go, you know, who's the cheapest doctor? Well, maybe yeah. if you're going to get, you know, boob work done, but I don't know, you know. But you're Ideally still... Not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're still looking, you know, you're still looking that, you know, people understand quality yeah um when they're choosing professions to help them and i think real estate will benefit hugely from going down that path Mm -hmm. i do think the barrier to entry in our industry being as as low as it has been in the past hasn't always served our our you know our industry and our reputation and 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 the and you know the 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 level of result people have got from working with agents Mm -hmm. so i think that's actually a really important step and one that i'm really looking forward to um, I think Purple Bricks has been a big flop um, in, mm. in, in WA. Um, um, from, from what I understand, that hasn't really taken off because I don't think they've just been able to provide in this market, you know, the, the level of result that, yeah. that's needed. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't think I've seen one property listed by Purple Bricks and there's not been many, um, you know, through my areas in terms of Mount Lawley and Inglewood and Bedford um, that has even sold, let yeah. alone sort of sold well. Um, I think personally our biggest threats are going to come more from the likes of open agent and and real estate yeah. um, dot com dot au, where they're using their online platforms um, to take and charge us for our leads. Yeah. And I think that's really the biggest threat to us is having to you know those providers who are charging for leads. I think 
we're going to have to be a lot more savvy about our online presence, um, especially at individual agent level, not just agency level, so that we're attracting sellers directly rather than paying third parties to feed us. And, and you know, the leads that we get are, you know, generally of pretty poor quality um, and to be expected to be paid, to, to have to pay for those as well. Yeah. So I think we really need to think about how we're going to combat that as an industry. Um, but I think that digital trends and disruption is just going to be a given um, and that that online world is very much here to stay and we all need to learn to how to, to play in in that space. Do you think real estate is an industry that um, moves moves quickly to change? When I mean, you've obviously worked I, I in different industries yeah, and studied. I, I don't think any industry necessarily moves quickly to change. Yeah. I think... You know the 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 world when when you look at organisations that are no longer with us, organize you know large organisations and large established industries typically only change when they absolutely have to. Yeah, when they're forced. Yeah, when they're absolutely forced to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when something's you know and and often then it's too late. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you know, there's a there's a there's a lot of, you know, dead 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 corporate bodies, yeah. um, and and models, and it's usually something new that comes in that's disruptive, mm-hmm. and it's often too late for that industry to change. Um, and I think that's why it's so important to be focused on, you know, what the disruptors are are, are doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If um, if you could speak to yourself ten years ago, yeah. give yourself a message. Yeah, what would it be? Yeah, I, I look, <laughs> that's um. I think do what you love. I try very hard to, to say to my boys to follow their passion and to do what they love. Um, have Be brave. You know, have, have the guts to follow your dreams. Um, and that very much, I think, you know, I do believe that only failure is the failure to try. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the danger of having been successful in your life and having done well is that you're fearful of failure Mm -hmm. and I think particularly if you've been successful that fear of fear of failure is probably your your biggest threat because you're used to doing well and doing what you do well and when you're trying something new and you're stretching out of your comfort zone it's it's you have to take that risk to fail Mm -hmm. um you almost have more to lose yeah yeah Yeah. you do so you really kind of have to set that fear aside and just go for it Mm -hmm. I mean that's what stopped me from doing video for such a long time until I just everyone from doing video yeah just goodness I just bloody do it do it do it just do it you can only get better who gives a toss exactly absolutely you know and then you can look back at your old stuff and refilm it because it was so crap you know yeah yeah it's I mean it's the same with this podcast when we started this out yeah oh no one might listen and you know you just got to give it a go who cares yeah 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 Yeah. yeah. do it anyway so What about um, people starting, just starting out in the industry today? Yeah. What, what would you say to those people? Um, look, I think it's really important to find a good agency mm-hmm. um, to, to work for. I think that work culture and environment is, and the level of support and, um, and training that you get is particularly important to be successful in this industry and to be somewhere you know, where you're being supported and coached and mentored. I think that's really important. I also think you need to find yourself good coaches and mentors outside of, of that business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've, you know, I've always been someone who has been very much tried to be focused on learning and, you know, ongoing learning through my whole life. You know, I, I love, 
learning. I love knowledge, and I think it's really important to, um, you know, not you know, but realize that you don't know it all. You know, it was the Socrates. I remember very few quotes, but there's you know, there's that sort of Socratic verse. You know, wisest is she. I'm going to say I'm going to substitute the he for the she. <laughs> Who knows? She does not know. You know. Yeah. So you know to to. To, to constantly seek advice from people and, and to take counsel and to look at what other people are doing and, and to learn from people that are successful. So I think it's better to be in an agency where, you know, there's other people that are really working successfully that you can learn from. I don't think you're going to learn as... Oh, and Well, and that said, I'm saying that and then I'm very conscious of, you know, Jodie who works in our office who does fabulous work and she's not interested in writing massive numbers mm-hmm. um, and I've learned a lot from her. Yeah. So I just think that's about watching, you know, it's about working with people who do good work, Yeah. you know, really good work Yeah. Um, in, in an agency that wants to do the, the right thing. I do think that work culture and the people that you're working with is really important. Um, but in this market... And in real estate, you have to have the hustle. You mm-hmm. really have to work hard. If you're not prepared to work hard, you're not going to get the results. And so much of our job is not complicated, but it's the grind. Yeah. And really doing doing the work and, and grinding it out mm-hmm. and that consistency and just repeatability. And, and I think, you know, one of the things I learned when I... Um, you know, one of the last agencies I worked for was watching people that have been in the business for 20 years who still let a box dropped, mm-hmm. you know, who still, still made the calls. You know, they still did the work. Yeah. You know, there's some things, I think, that in our business that haven't changed and if you don't do the work, you won't get the result. What motivates you to do that? the, the work? That is a grind sometimes, yeah, you know, those calls um, and that. Yeah, look, I mean, I, you know, I work, I love people mm-hmm. and I love getting the result. And I love property and I love doing what I do. So there's that opportunity to, to, to help people. But you do have to kind of, you know, just sit there and, and do the grind and you have to remind yourself that it's the process, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that gets the outcome. You know, it's the activity that produces the result. Mm-hmm. Um, so focus on that activity and focus on that process and, and, the, and, and those results will come. So that's just really, you know, remembering, you know, and reminding yourself, and I've got post-it notes everywhere, <laughs> um, to, to, to tell you that that's what it is, that you, that's what you need to do. That's, yeah, what, yeah. I mean, I think Shane Beaumont <laughs> preaches that, is that dollar productive activity. Yeah. Don't, don't waste your time on, yeah. you know, not doing Yeah, those and things. that's still an ongoing focus for me, yeah. you know. Um, and, you know, I, I still, you know, I love writing property blurbs. Well, I'm probably going to, you know, looking at outsourcing that because I'll yeah. spend too much time on it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, I love producing the marketing content. Well, I can write the content really quickly, but I can get everybody to, re- you know, I can get other people to reproduce that into different formats. So it's still an ongoing work in progress yeah. for me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you you mentioned before. Well, obviously we're talking about the grind, and you yeah. mentioned before the you know you're working longer hours in real estate than yeah. you ever did. How do you balance <laughs> your life? And oh, I shouldn't laugh. Yes. <laughs> do you balance it? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, look, if I'm honest, everyone around me would go no, so yeah. I'd have to say no. Um, look, I'm in the very fortunate position that about four years ago, um, my husband gave up his job um, to really kind of help me and, you know, manage the boys and family life and all of that kind of stuff. Though I do say, you know, occasionally I'd be better served by another wife. But, you know, <laughs> I, um, you know I love him to bits. He, he really, he really, really tries. And I'm very, very lucky. You know, he's a, he's a fabulous partner and a great dad and, 
um, and a and a brilliant support. Um, you know, so if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to do that. Um, I do think you know, and I could be wrong, but um, you know, when I went into real estate, my boys were of that age where they were starting to be more focused on the world of men. Um, and don't get me wrong, you know, they still want me to be around and there are times that, you know, they'll, you know, particularly if they're sick and, you know, all that kind of stuff, yeah. they want mum. Um, and I guess the great thing about real estate is you have the ability, you know, to, you know, in, in some ways control your hours. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can be there for, for things when, when they're at school and things that I want to, to be at. You've just got to be disciplined with that and, you know, really and, and ring fence all of that. Um and so I, I do get to be there for those those things, um, but but you know they are more interested in the world of men, and if they had their choice, you know they'd rather take their, you know their dad to something yeah. now than than their mum, yeah. um, which is a bit sad. But um, but you know It'll that change. yes yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, my husband you know fortunately my you know whilst my husband watches sport, he's not as across the soccer as I am. <laughs> so I've had some beautiful moments in the last two weeks with my fifteen year old sitting on the couch watching you know watching the World, the Cup. World Cup together, and I'm you know very strategic about those moments and you know like he had a camp the other week and I said I'm picking him up after school because one of the few places that boys talk is in the car when they're not looking at you and we had and so then I said oh we'll get some food on the way which stretches out that journey and you know the idea and the promise of junk food you know he's really happy so we had this beautiful conversation in the car so I've I've learned to be very strategic about how I get those moments with them and making sure that I'm very present with them when I do that but yeah yeah, no you, you do work really hard and it is a it is a constant challenge. Um, I did take on a, you know, a PA um, a, a couple of years ago, which was one of the best things that um, I ever did um, in in terms of being able to kind of support me there. Um, so that made a, a, a big difference. Um, but you know, I'm I'm it. I'm the provider for our family. There is no Plan B. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I don't work, we don't eat yeah. basically. So yeah. which is not a bad position to be in in real estate. It keeps you motivated. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the motivation yeah. for yeah, the grand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do you define success for yourself? Yeah. Um. You know. I guess. I. This again. It was good to reflect on this. And for me, there's success at. Um, you know, lots of different levels. Um, you know, at a micro level, I want to get the best result that I can for every property that I sell for that seller because I know how important that is for them. So I'm very, I've always been results oriented from when I was very little at school. I was always very marks success driven mm-hmm. and that continues through to real estate and real estate has very clear you know success measures in terms of the number yeah so so for me that's a blessing because I've always been focused on getting the best you know doing my best work to get the best outcome so that's a natural um, for me at real estate um, at, a, at a more macro level I guess it's being you know wanting to build a, a, a team and you know or a business and we very much are our own businesses within an agency mm-hmm. um, that's recognized at being the best at what we do where the client is really um, at the center of the process but also you know community for me um, plays a big part of what we do too so being really recognized as you know a leading expert in the area um Mm. you know being an expert at real estate but also being um you know an expert at you know and and the kind of go-to authority about where we live Mm -hmm. as well you know and and helping people love where they live and making the most 
um, from, from the wonderful lifestyle that they get in our suburbs. Um, I really do believe, and I guess this is another thing that comes back to when you're talking about the direction of the industry, I don't think being good is going to be good enough going forward. Mm -hmm. There's too many disruptors and other people trying to kind of break in. Um, I think we're going to have to be really great, which is why I think that kind of professionalism is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to have to be really exceptional at what we do and the results that we achieve if we're going to survive as agents in an industry and so that people can see that we really provide value. Yeah, I just don't think there's going to be... I don't think there's ever been room for mediocrity. I don't think that lasts in our industry, but I don't think being good is going to be good enough. I think you have to really, you know, we really have to work towards being great. Um, And look, for me personally, you know, I've got a lot of years left in this game. You know, I've got mortgages to pay. I've got school fees to pay. Um, So I've got a lot of goals around family um, and finance and lifestyle. Um, But in also, you know, growing the people that I work with and being able to give back to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd like to think there'll be a day and it's certainly not now and it's not in the near future, but, you know, way down the track where, you know, my role is really more about, you know, sort of mentoring and supporting a team. You know, I don't, I don't want to be the 900 pound gorilla. Um, I I, I guess, Um, but I get, but really, um, I guess I'm getting more focused and, you know, I talked about my husband's mum having passed away the other week and we're just getting to that age where, you know, parents are getting elderly and, you know, friends, you know, um, get sick and unwell and it's really, um, I guess, making sure that, you know, I'm living a life of gratitude and purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, really just that's about it, like doing great work, helping people, um, you know, loving my family and... um, and living life with gratitude and purpose. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful note to end on. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. You're most welcome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And um, and I really appreciate it. I know you're very busy. Thanks, Jess. Cheers. Thanks for tuning into The Crunch. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. So if you'd like to share them, please email me at jess at cribcreative.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed the show and share it with anyone else you think might like it.